Welcome to the Ordinary Day Podcast. My name is Pete. And my name is Diane. And here we are. We're going to dish out another episode of the Ordinary Day Podcast. Mm-hmm. Where a scientist and a multimedia designer cohabitate in Toronto and share stories of their lives. It's true. So this is episode 61 already. Oh my goodness. Um, one of the things we've done recently is we pick a topic each and sort of bring it up. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, we don't tell each other what the topic is until we bring it up. So it can be a fun surprise and get some genuine reactions. But usually, before we do that, we start off with, what's new with us this week? So, what should we start with? We just came back from a Toronto Rush game. Yes, it was very exciting. Uh, So, yeah, the Toronto Rush are the uh, professional, is the professional ultimate Frisbee team in Toronto of the American Ultimate Disc League. Uh, so there are teams in the United States and Canada, and they're expanding. Like, they started off with a certain number, and they've uh, definitely added a lot more teams. Certainly in Canada, there's now a team in Ottawa and Vancouver, uh, Montreal, which is awesome. Uh, so we were playing uh, the D.C. Breeze, so the Washington D.C. Breeze, uh, for a spot in the semifinals of the championship. And it was, at times, a very close game. Kind of a two-point differential. Yeah. And I discovered you can burn your knees out in the sun. Yeah. Gorgeous day. Lovely summer day here in Toronto. And the game was started at 1 p.m., so the sun is directly overhead. Yeah. And uh, just beating down, and I asked you if you wanted sunscreen, and you said no. Of course not. I figured you're an adult, and you can make those decisions on your own. But I knew that probably you would burn, and lo and behold, you did. Yeah, it's just, it's a different, it's a different spot. Like, I'm used to the face and the nose and all that, and I wore hats, so it's like, that was taken care of. My shoulders are fine, too, and it's weird that... It would be the knees, like right on the knees, two big red marks. But we were sitting down and you were wearing shorts, so they were totally exposed directly to that sunlight. So not that surprising. Well, all right. It's just good stuff. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. I mean, Uh, we're not listening to, um, well, I'm not listening to, I guess, how dangerous it is to be burned by stuff or, or people are, I guess, as a large paying attention to that and getting sunscreen but we're still not going to accept global warming as a real thing no not until mm. it causes mass cancer or okay. something so that's another thing we did is we watched the first episode of bill nye saves the world on netflix that's fun that was yesterday that was great i enjoyed it a lot mm-hmm. um i was actually talking to your friend who got us the tickets um, for the Frisbee game today. And he said, oh, yeah, it's all right. And he's just a little preachy. And it's like, oh, I got a bit of that other side, right? Where, mm-hmm. um, but you know him from Ultimate, not from science, right? My friend? Yeah. Yes. Okay, so that's not from a science perspective. See, I just assume everyone you know is a science person, right? So it seemed like a not no-brainer. Necessarily, yeah. Uh, good, good thing for me to like sort of talk about to one of your friends like oh i can talk about this you must like bill nye we just watched it it was great um but yeah i really enjoyed the episode it's coming straight off of our environmental podcast we just did last week 
So yeah, I thought it was really good. I thought it was a, we only saw one episode, but I'm looking forward to more. I think he does a great job of explaining bigger, great world problems in a very simple kind of way. In ways that are very visual. Sometimes yeah, visual ways. thinking about a problem like ocean water levels rising yeah. can seem like, well, why do the ocean level rise? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and he very simply can show us that when you heat water, it expands. Done and done. And when you're doing that to the Earth's ocean that covers 70% of the surface, mm-hmm. that's a lot of water that you can um, accumulate. Yeah, and so those um, locks that they're building for uh, outside of Venice to try to solve the problem of all this flooding that is essentially burying the city was really fascinating because it's, I really, you really should check out this episode just to see that on its own. But it's this 5.5 billion euro uh, mm-hmm. investment mm-hmm. to correct a problem that we've kind of, brought upon ourselves and that that was also like an interesting thought to me as well that mm-hmm. that we're going to um deal with global warming by finding ways to um i guess work with it deal mm-hmm. with the problem that exists yeah. rather than uh internationally globally whatever as, as a species actually solve the problem instead and i guess it's kind of congruous to like the way healthcare works in 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 the world too, right? Like, we'll still continue to sell uh, products that make us fat and make us have cancer and do all these terrible things, but we'll just bolster our healthcare programs so that when they're all sick, we can take care of that. Or even will you can have a medication that yeah. lowers your cholesterol. Yeah, but causes but these just, other problems. just continue to have a terrible diet and not exercise <laughs> and don't address any of those factors that are also contributing yeah. to the fact that you might have this issue. So it's not dealing with the direct cause of the problem. Same thing when you treat diabetes by giving someone medications. You're just dealing with the high glucose levels. You're not addressing the reason for having those high glucose levels, which is that your muscles aren't working properly to Mm -hmm. take up the sugar anymore. You're not addressing any of those problems. You're just dealing with the outright visible issue. Yeah. So same thing. And it's funny because an argument that people use against, you know, combating global warming is that it's expensive and it's going to tank the economy, but spending 5.5 billion euros (laughs) in one city. (laughs) That probably helped the economy, right? Like look at all the jobs we created Mm, to uh, solve the problem of of the flooding Mm. that global warming has caused. Right. So yeah, it's, (laughs) uh, I don't know. It's, it's just silly sometimes just watching things fall apart around you. So speaking of, I think I can finally reveal, it's been hinted at, and you dropped a big hint last week, but uh, I'll finally (laughs) make it public. Mr. Pete of the podcast has quit his job. He has had enough of uh, what was going on at at my current company, which I never named, and I probably won't continue to for a little while. Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe it'll come up in a future episode, but uh, I don't need to make that all public or whatever, but... um, as had been mentioned in many episodes uh, since the beginning of this year, it's it's been a very bad, uh, unhealthy situation for me. And finally, I said, you know what? I'm done with it. 
and uh, I quit. So the good news about that is I promptly was given many offers for jobs uh, pretty much immediately after that announcement. So I will be starting work again. I'm just enjoying a good two weeks vacation right now between jobs. So mm-hmm. that's where I am right now. And I'm feeling quite, quite comfortable. Yeah, and I think your new situation is uh, quite a bit different from your old situation in uh, how they manage things. And I mean, we don't know how they're going to react once you are working for the company, but they seem to be full of praise and encouragement. And we're so yeah. excited to get someone with your skill set. Yeah, and which the interview is, process. We, yeah, which is so different from the reaction or the feedback that you would get from your old workplace exactly. in that it was just on a daily basis. Yeah. yeah. So that's already just kind of a nice uh, change of pace for you. And it's nice to see you feeling a little bit more optimistic about things. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll have more updates on that. I guess I, I don't start for a couple of weeks, so I'll have feedback later, I guess, whether it's a good thing or not. But until then, I'm just going to enjoy my summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of a good timing in, in on my that part. knees. It's okay. We have aloe vera for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anything else? I think that's basically it. Honestly, I just go to school and try to finish my thesis. And I'm about done talking about it until I have a final date and everything's worked out. Okay. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So mm-hmm. we'll, let, let's launch into our stories. Mm-hmm. Um, this is one I wanted to share a while ago. I, I'm going to go first. Um, <laughs> it's been a on another ongoing thing we talk about in the podcast. There's a few themes we have. It seems like we'll talk about environment. We'll talk about your science uh, program and, you know, things that you're studying and things that you find interesting. And then we'll have my side every once in a while. And we had an episode dedicated to it, which was bad music. Mm. and how it is everywhere Mm -hmm. and I actually got good feedback from that episode I think it was like the second episode it's like why is pop music so bad and in that episode it seemed I was really targeting um, a lot of current day music and I have some good news for everybody it's not just the current day that made bad music in fact I was in I believe a cafeteria or something it's been probably weeks now and I heard a song and I was listening to it and I was like, this song is really, really stupid. (laughs) Like maybe I should give Bruno Mars a pass because way before his time, Mr. Corey Hart was the champion and started it all with a song called I wear my sunglasses at night. Are you familiar with this tune? Oh yes, I am. Yeah. All right. Let me just talk a little bit about this for a sure, second. Sure, get into it. Because it's just a funny song on its own. Like it it seems so profound and um like something very dramatic is going on. But as far as I understand, the song is just about him wearing sunglasses. <laughs> nice. But also at night. Which just seems like a bad idea. Generally, yes. I don't think you really need sunglasses at night, but so, I mean, sure. I, I would love to hear feedback, by the way, if people enjoy this, because I could do this as a, a segment throughout our podcast, find funny songs that are just very dumb. Nice. Okay. But uh, let me just highlight a little things from this song. And mm-hmm. I'm sorry to all you people in the 80s who loved them. But I got his lyrics. Oh, excellent. 
So the main line is, I wear my sunglasses at night so I can, so I can. He kind of leaves you hanging. It's like, yeah, there's no what? reasoning what? for that. Why are you wearing your sunglasses at night? Just so I can. But then eventually he does give reasons like keeping track of the visions in his eyes. Wow, that's deep. That is deep. But really what I wanted to focus on is he has a chorus. Oh, yeah, here we go. I want to fast forward a bit, though. Uh, he has a course where he's talking almost like there is uh, discrimination towards people who wear their sunglasses. Oh, okay. The chorus is, don't switch the blade on the guy in shades. Oh, no. <laughs> don't masquerade with the guy in shades. Oh, no. And uh, so forth. <laughs> I can't mm. believe it because you got it made with the guy in shades. Oh, no. So he's got some incredible rhyming going on there, first of well, all. Well, then. Um, <laughs> but it's the way he delivers it to you. I have to play it. Because it's just him screaming like just like a maniac. Hmm. <laughs> Are you familiar with this song at all? Oh, I definitely am. Okay. Oh, I just missed it. Here we go. Maybe it's before the first one. Here we go. So there you go. Yep, definitely know that. Um, it gets worse in the second course, but I'm not going to play it all just in case... Um, Aztec or SoCan wants to come after me. Actually, he's Canadian, so it would be SoCan. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just his delivery of the scores, it's like, blah, 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 blah. sorry for that loud volume, but yeah, he's just screaming his head off over wearing his sunglasses at night. And I just thought that was funny. So I wanted to share that just to give a little bit of a, you know, I don't want to be the guy that's just saying current music is the terrible music because. I'm an old grandpa, and I don't like what you guys are playing now, you youngins. Mm -hmm. Truth is, pop music was always bad, even way back <laughs> in uh, whatever year this was. I'll have to look that up. Nice. Um, still don't think it's as bad as what we've got now. No, really? I don't think so. 84. <laughs> um, yeah, there are worse. Um, there are worse 80 songs, too. It's just that I particularly heard this one out, outside and I had that same reaction that I always get when I hear a really bad song. And it's mm -hmm. like, oh, this is, this is terrible. And then it's like, wait, I know this song. And it's not like nostalgia isn't going to heal it for me. And I guess that's the point I'm trying to make. It's not that I only like things from my time. I listened to this and I was like, oh, no. Pop music was bad then, too. <laughs> and I wanted to sort of share that, that uh, even though this is a Canadian treasure, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a terrible song. I'm sorry. It's, it's dumb. And, uh, yeah, it's just dumb. The end. <laughs> Love it. That was Pete's Pop Music Corner on the Ordinary Day podcast. Awesome. I would actually love to have a weekly segment on worst pop songs. <laughs> oh, yeah? I think that would be funny. Okay. Well, maybe we'll tap into that later. But first, no, not for first, but third, <laughs> <laughs>
What do you have to share for us this week? I have a sports story to share this week. Nice. I'm going to be less sciencey, more sporty. Nice. Um, I think I've told you this story. But uh, there's a gentleman in my lab who used to play tennis mm-hmm. with someone by the name of Denis Shapovalov. And, you know, it was just kind of they played at the same tennis club. This Dennis kid was way better than the guy in my lab, who is also a very good player because he plays played for the York uh, team. Uh, But Dennis happened to find himself in the Rogers Cup, which is the Canadian tennis tournament. Oh, yeah. That is played. uh, I know the story. Yeah. Uh, So the... um, the tournament is played in Toronto and Montreal, and every year they switch whether you have the women playing in your city or the men. Uh, so they're playing in Montreal, and it's also a chance to kind of showcase our Canadian talent. So a lot of the Canadian tennis players play on center court, even if they're not the most highly ranked players. Uh, so Dennis has had actually played a number of his matches on center court, and he found himself in a... I think it was to make it into the quarterfinals. Let me just double check that. Um, Playing against Rafael Nadal, who is a top ranked tennis player. Um, So that was very exciting and also extremely nerve wracking as an 18 year old playing one of the top tennis players in the whole world. I think I I wouldn't even know what to do. I think I just stare at the other side of the court for, (laughs) um, most of it. Oops, yeah. I lost it. Do you need a musical interlude while you uh, take, take a look at that? Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, so, yes. Yeah, so this was <laughs> the match he won was uh, to get into the quarterfinals, uh, which he did. He won his quarterfinal match as well. Uh, but he played Rafael Nadal and Rafael Nadal didn't have a very good match, but Dennis had a really great match and ended up beating him in a tiebreaker in the final set, uh, to the absolute surprise, awesome delight of the Mm. Canadian crowd who just loved it. Mm -hmm. Um, and this kid's 18 year old, 18 years old. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So pretty incredible. He has now since lost in the tournament, so he won't be in the final. Um, but also a fun little side story that has been circulating is there is a picture of Dennis and Rafael Nadal from, uh, nine years ago, yeah. uh, where Dennis kind of was going to play a little exhibition match before Rafael Nadal was supposed to play his actual match. Okay. And they got a picture taken of each other. So that's him. As a nine-year-old. As like a tiny little kid. <laughs> and he ended up beating Raphael Nadal, which is <laughs> just kind of funny. He's like, um, oh, I shouldn't have posed with that kid. Huh? Yeah. I don't think Raphael, Raphael Nadal is very happy about being part of this uh, story where he's beaten right. by a teenage phenom <laughs> from Canada. Right, right, right. <laughs> of course. Um, but it's kind of a, a fun story for uh Canadians and hey it's just kind of nice to see you know for years I would watch tennis with my parents and there's never really a Canadian top contender Daniel Nestor has been around for years and he's done very well certainly as a doubles player Mm -hmm. um so we do know the names but now we've got like Eugenie Bouchard and we've got um, Milos Raonic and we've got Basic Pospisil and we've got Denis uh, Shapovalov coming up. So it's really exciting to see kind of, you know, tennis growing or sport growing uh, in Canada, you know, 
and uh, and multiple sports too. Like mm-hmm. uh, we've always been famous for our you know hockey players mm-hmm. right? and um, maybe bobsled and skiing. I guess <laughs> uh, winter sports essentially. So it's nice to see yes grow in any kind of way. Like even having a, uh, a Toronto native on the Toronto Raptors. Right? It's not Toronto native Scarborough or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a Canadian yep. playing on the Toronto Raptors. That's mm-hmm. pretty awesome. Maybe it's from Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> I, I should know my stats better. But the point is, it, it is good to see, yeah, us getting sort of represented in, in multiple sports in multiple different ways. Yeah. And it's nice to see the Rogers Cup kind of grow to this um, level. I mean, when my dad first went to the Rogers Cup, it was just held kind of in a small tennis club, kind of not really a big thing. And it's grown significantly. And it's fun to go watch and have kind of major tennis players come to your your city and see them. Mm -hmm. It's exciting to see sports in live action. Um, and kind of get the feel of what's going on. Uh, I remember my brother and I went to the Rogers cup and we just had a real fun time watching the ball boys and girls circulating the tennis balls. But there's such a, an orchestrated way of who gets all the tennis balls so that whoever is serving has all the tennis balls in their corner kind of thing. And there's such a pattern and intricate thing that goes on. And that was just fun to see too in real life. So I'm glad to see it, it doing well. Yeah, uh, we were even kind of remarking on that earlier, um, the conversation I was having with your friend about um, this Ultimate League. And I noticed that you still had to call it Ultimate Frisbee for our podcast. I did that specifically um, for the podcast. I know, because uh, <laughs> it's this is the thing, is it's still a young sport and people still don't know what it is. If you say, I play Ultimate uh it's like, what does, what does that mean? Are you like in the X games or something? Mm -hmm. That's a nineties reference for you people. (laughs) Um, but no, like it's referring to the disc throwing game. That's a lot like football. Um, but yeah, Frisbee is a brand. It's not called ultimate Frisbee, but people know the word Frisbee. So that's usually has to be a part of the line. But I think in five years, that sport is going to grow much like your Rogers cup uh, example. And, uh, yeah, we won't have that issue anymore. Yeah, it is really funny when my parents say that, uh, no, Diane's playing Frisbee later. And they'll say, what, the, the thing that you throw to the dog? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's very casual. It's a, it's a game. <laughs> it gets very intense, too. Oh, for sure, yeah. Uh, we saw an injury today, so mm-hmm. this guy took a bad dive and may have twisted or broken something. Um, but... and. Well, you have done that too, right? You broke your foot playing. Not in an exciting play, though. It was so sad. No. Okay. <laughs> Just kind of jumped up and landed on an uh, uneven piece of ground, and that was enough to do it. Yeah. So, I mean, it happens. It's not, it's not just people on the beach. I mean, this is what your friend said. Is like mm-hmm. Whenever he sells, tells people he plays uh, Ultimate, they're like, oh, do you, uh, so do you enjoy smoking the ganja, too? <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> no. Do, they, do you guys do a little hacky sack on the sidelines in between plays? Or? Nice. It's just like. No, it has evolved significantly yeah. from those roots. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. And yeah, to the point that now that there is a league, it's got sponsorship. Mm-hmm. I mean, we got to take our ticket to a local pub and get half price off our appetizers. That's pretty awesome. And if you would like to learn more, Netflix has a documentary. Oh yeah, you still have to check that out. Yep. So maybe you'll have a feedback on that. Flat next, ball. Next week. 
All right. That's my story. Well, I guess we'll just make it a shorter episode this week rather than just stretch it out for no uh, reason. Cool. So I do want to put out, as I normally do the uh, segue, if you would like to share um, some pop music that you think I should review on the episode, send me an email at ordinarydaypodcast at gmail.com ordinarydaypodcast at gmail.com or if you're even like would would like to hear some more of these stories because there's plenty of songs that I've heard that I think are terrible and I would love to share why I think they are that's excellent I would love to have viewer requests mm-hmm. um, and there could be pop songs out there that you don't, just don't even know about mm-hmm. that you haven't heard that would be fun yeah um, yes. And also I think last week I forgot to mention the field processor website, fieldprocessor.com, which is where you can find all information about field processor, all previous podcasts. Any other information on there? Just all things field processor. Mm-hmm. And they do a live Twitch stream and it's getting pretty exciting. I would tune into those because the chat feed is really animated throughout. Yes. And I think you'll get, you know, a good laugh and get to meet some people from kind of all over the world who like field processors. So mm-hmm. it's pretty wicked. Yes. And lastly, please, people, don't switch the blade on the guy in shades. <laughs> please stop doing that for for. Please, we can do better. We that, can be better as a species. It's our public safety announcement. It's a, yeah, it's a cry. It's a cry out to everyone to please stop doing that. You can switch the blade on other people, but we have to stop. We have to stop picking on the people, uh, the guys in shades. Oh, no. So until next time, take one more. For the road. <laughs> <laughs>